Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 789. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Um, just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, so just let us know. Uh, I have today some... Um, I'm going to continue on in the book of Proverbs. We're at chapter 12 now. I've got songs, and also I've got uh, some letters here today for you. But uh, let's just ask the Lord now to anoint this program. Father, anoint the program. Uh, Satan has been loosed on the face of the earth and has deceived billions of people, not just hundreds of millions, but billions. Lord, do something supernatural in these programs. Do something in the world also that will cause people to seek repentance. There's people, just yesterday, Lord, you know, I met that professor who I witnessed to and told him uh, he keeps thinking that uh, his dad was a Baptist preacher. And he said that his dad told him, well, God... He has cancer, so this man, the professor, and his dad said, well, you know, God uh, does his uh, will in mysterious ways and all this sort of thing. But, Father, uh, you know that I told him that wasn't God that did that to you. In other words, your dad is telling you uh, wrong. God didn't uh, do that to you unless he's trying to bring you to your uh, knees. But God will, if you repent, uh, he'll heal you if you repent and serve him. Well, you know, and he's, uh, so this is the way it is with everybody. If you have problems, and it seems as though everybody in the world does, uh, God can uh, give you peace in your mind and in your heart and your spirit. Uh, if you know that you're keeping his commandments, because he gives you the power within your heart and soul to keep the commandments, well, then you know that you're right with the Lord and you can ask him whatsoever you will. And in faith believing, if you believe that you have it before he even gives it to you, you do have it. So, Father, uh, anoint me. Anoint uh, the reading of your word and um, anoint everything on the program that um, your will be done on this program. Just take over my mouth to utter whatever it is that you want uttered. No one can come unto you. It isn't our preaching uh, unless it's powered by the Holy Spirit that will do anything. Lord, I ask it and bind Satan. Uh, bind him, Father God, and open up many doors for us and send in relief so that we can relieve people of uh, the problems that they have so far as monetarily and in Jesus' mighty name, I pray that souls will be saved in the world. Uh, the church, uh, your body, which is in this world today, doing your work, uh, will be magnified and will be strengthened. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone says amen. Amen. All right, here's a song I did a long time ago with uh, Janie Fricky. She's now a big star. Yeah, she was just a background singer at that time. Her husband, uh, she wrote this song, uh, uh, not she didn't write it, but there was another woman that was uh, George Matola's wife who owned Modern Records, a recording company in Hollywood. 
And it's called, this uh, song is called Crystal Mountain. Crystal Mountain is uh, the kingdom of heaven, actually. You can't see it, but it's there. You can't see it now, but when you leave this body of yours, you'll be able to see heaven. And you'll know that it's been there uh, ever since, even before time began. So here it is, Crystal Mountain. Way up high, there's a crystal mountain higher than the eagles fly, where love is flowing like a fountain, where the soul will never die, and it's free. Crystal Mountain shines the light to guide the way. Just look and you will find it loves the only price you pay. Come with me, come with me up to this mountain where the crystal Crystal Mountain, myself with Janie Fricky. All right. Now, um, I'm going to start out here in the uh, 12th chapter of Proverbs. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. Uh, you love hearing the mysteries of God, but uh, he that hates reproof is brutish. Now, um, Yvonne, tell uh, our listening audience what the word brutish means. It means resembling, befitting, or typical of a brute or beast. Lived a short or brutish life as a slave. Strongly and grossly sensual, brutish gluttony. 
showing little intelligence or sensibility, a brutish lack of understanding. Right. But uh, those that uh, hate, reproof of the word of God is the way of life. And so the, the, those that hate reproof, they're brutish. They don't have any intelligence whatsoever. A good man obtains favor. Now, there's a lot of people that are very brutish. They think that the main things that uh, you shouldn't do if you want to go to heaven is commit fornication or um, adultery and things like that. And everybody knows that. But the Bible says if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. So God does not uh, weigh out all sin as of equal um, magnitude. Uh, the disobedience to God is uh, the wor worst thing that you can do, except blaspheme. It's like the same thing as blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So if you see in the Bible that you're supposed to do something and you won't do it, that's disobedience. It's the same thing as witchcraft, and you will not get into heaven by doing so. So God doesn't regard all sin as of equal magnitude. Uh, God does not regard all sin the same. Um, you may think, well, you know, if I disobey God, that's no big deal. But disobedience means if you're disobedient to God, you'll commit adultery, you'll commit fornication. You won't do what he tells you to do. And he tells you to let him live in you so that um, he can just do his work in you. Now, the word of God is God, the Bible says. And Christ is the word of God. Uh, and the joy of holiness is Christ, the word of God. If you don't have, if you're not keeping the commandments, the word of God, then you don't have any joy of holiness because Christ is actually, the word of God is actually the joy of being holy. If you're not uh, full of joy when you read the word and you're keeping the word, then you're not saved. So this is through influences, which you can see in things that are unseen. Our Savior is uh, constantly working to attract the minds of human beings from the unsatisfying pleasure of sin. Because there's no real satisfaction in sin. And people love to hear people talk dirty these days. They go to these different uh, uh, places where people are v talking vulgar and they think they're funny. But uh, there's no, uh, there's nothing in that. That's unsatisfying pleasure. It because it's sin, and sin can never give you pleasure so there is an infinite a blessing that can be part of you that can be in you 
because it's in Christ. And if Christ is in you, then you have the blessing, the satisfying a blessing that we be there in him, in you. To all of these souls who are vainly seeking to drink from the broken cisterns of this world. You know, the Bible talks about when a person's uh, spirit goes out of their body that it's like a broken uh, well. There's nothing there anymore. Find that in Ecclesiastes, all right? One of you? So, um, you're vainly, it's a vain thing for you to seek to drink from the broken cisterns of this world. The divine message is addressed, quote, Let him that is a thirst, Jesus said, come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. That's in the book of Revelation, Jesus talking. Chapter 22, verse 17. This is uh, the end of time. These, uh, this, uh, the book of Revelation is applying greatly today in the book of Daniel. But Revelation, let him that is thirsty, come on. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life. That's the Holy Spirit, and it's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. We don't charge, I don't charge anything for the literature that the Lord gives me, and I don't charge anything for the CDs, the messages. I've done thousands of messages on tape. Revelations 22.17 You, who in heart, in your heart, long for something better than this world, can, uh, you can give something back. You can give something, you can give the Lord to people. I want you to recognize this longing as the voice of God to your soul. You can ask God questions all the time. Ask him to give you repentance, to give you the fear of the Lord, because you will not serve him unless you fear him. To reveal Christ to you in his infinite love, in his perfect purity. Do you have that scripture? Yes. Okay, where is it? Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 6. It may be more than verse 6, okay? Yes, sir. Go ahead, read. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken... Or the pitcher be broken at the fountain. Yeah, at the fountain. This is what people are drinking out of. These um, broken cisterns. Broken fountains. There's nothing that is going to sustain you from them. Okay, go ahead. Or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That's what's going to happen, okay? There's no getting out of going back to God. You're going to definitely have to go back to Him. 
If you die today, you're going to go right up before the judgment bar of God. Unless you're saved, then you go to the mercy seat of Christ. In the Savior's life, the principles of God's law, love to God and man, were perfectly exemplified. Benevolence, unselfishness, love was the life of his soul. Love is the keeping of God's commandments. So the keeping of God's commandments is the life of your soul. It's the life of God's soul, and it's the life of yours. We must unite with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit, in order to have the love, which is the life of the Lord's soul and the life of your soul. If you don't keep God's commandments, uh, you have uh, you may never have esteemed this as such, but it's uh, as bad as committing adultery, fornication, murder. It is as we behold him, as the light from our uh, Lord Jesus Christ falls upon us that we see. And what do we see? We see the sinfulness of our own spirits, our own souls. We have made, we, most people flatter themselves as Nicodemus did, that our life has been upright, that our moral character is correct, and think that we need not humble our heart before God like the common sinner. Well, but you still have to have Christ living in you because we're born with the Adamic sin on our soul and we have to have it washed away in the blood of Jesus. And if Christ isn't living in you, then you don't have his life. That's so easy for me to understand. Uh, but when the, the light from the Lord Jesus Christ shines into our souls, we're going to be able to see how um, uh, impure we are. If you compare yourself with Jesus, then you're going to know you're impure. You're not going to be haughty and high-minded about how great you are. Then you will discern the selfishness of motive, the enmity against God, that has defiled every act of uh, human life. Then you're going to know that our own righteousness is indeed as filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. And that the blood of Christ uh, alone, only the blood of Jesus can cleanse us from the defilement of sin and renew our hearts our spirits in his own likeness one ray one beam of the glory of God uh, one gleam of the purity of Christ penetrating the soul makes every spot of defilement painfully distinct 
and uh, unveiled and lays bare the deformity and defects of the human character. It makes apparent the unhallowed desires, the infidelity of your heart, the impurity of your lips, the sinner's acts of disloyalty in making void the law of God. Your witches, if you do that, you're exposed to God's sight, and he will then expose it to your sight. And at that time, you'll know that the law of God has not been done away with. What would it be that God's kingdom would be lawless without law? And God, Jesus is God inside, desires to have uh, us know uh, that he wants the kingdom of heaven to be established here on earth just as it is in the kingdom of heaven. So when you realize this, then your spirit is stricken and afflicted and under the searching influence of the Holy Spirit of God. You begin hating yourself as you view the pure, spotless character of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When the prophet Daniel beheld the glory surrounding the heavenly messenger that came unto him uh, and was sent by God to him, he was overwhelmed with a sense of his own weakness and imperfection. Even Daniel, in describing the effect of the uh, wonderful scene that happened to Daniel, Daniel stated, quote, There remains no strength in me, for my uh, comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. That's Daniel 10.8. The soul thus touched will hate its selfishness and abhor his self-love and realize how greedy it is. Always wanting something more and constantly seek through Christ's righteousness for purity, if you really are of the Lord, for purity of heart that is in harmony with the law of God. The Bible is the law of God and the character of Christ. The Apostle Paul stated that as touching righteousness, quote, touching right, righteousness, which is in the law, unquote. As far, far as outward acts were concerned, he was, quote, blameless, unquote. He really thought he was something else. Philippians 3, 6. But when the spiritual character of the law was discovered, discerned, understood, 
he saw himself as a sinner. The worst of all, because he murdered, he was murdering Christians. Judged by the letter of the law, as men apply it to the outward life. He had um, abstained from sin, but when he thought, but when he looked into the depths of his holy precepts and saw himself as God saw him, he bowed in humiliation and confessed his guilt. He says, quote, I was alive without the law. I was alive. So I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, when these things were uh, revealed unto me, sin revived in me. I really knew what sin was. And I died. The me died. And it's the same thing that like Jesus carried a cross. And there's a song that says, Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. Jesus says, Take up the cross, your cross, and follow me. Take it up. Deny yourself. Take up the cross. This is the cross that the whole world, uh, it's a shameful and disgraceful thing. It's a reproach. It's a reproach. People hate the idea of denying themselves in a gluttonous world, and they, uh, de they actually hate the idea of taking up the same cross that Christ took up and following him. But the Lord says, deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. And when Paul saw that, he says, and I died. Sin revived and I died. Oh, my God, you have to do it. You have to do something. Yes, the false Christians today, these false churches, are teaching Jesus did it all. We don't have to do anything. But Jesus commands that we take up the cross and follow him. We have to deny ourselves of all the pleasures of this world and so that we can have the joy and the peace of God. This, uh, what I just quoted about Paul, is in Romans chapter 7, verse 9. When he saw the spiritual uh, nature of the law, uh, sin appeared. Oh my God, all these people were preaching that we don't have to keep the law, that the law is over. But Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to show you that it had to be fulfilled. So when I saw that, Paul says, sin appeared in its true hideousness and his self-esteem was gone. I can't carry the cross. Yes, when Jesus enters into you, you can deny yourself and you can take up the cross and carry it until the time the Lord calls you home. God does not regard, as I said before, uh, the you know people of the world think that sin is uh, you know uh, having fornication or committing adultery, but sin really is if you 
deny the Lord to do all the things that he tells you to do, you've sinned. King Saul was disobedient in one thing, and his soul went to hell. He lost his kingdom, and the Spirit left him. Hopefully, these words will make sense to you. You'll say that's the Old Testament. But the Old Testament, uh, with the exception of the sacrificing of animals, now it's us. We have to sacrifice ourselves. Jesus sacrificed himself, and he said, Now I want you, when you've come to the light, you realize that you're a sinner and that you're not keeping my word, which is law, then you have to take, you have to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me. That is if you want to go to heaven. But if you want to spend eternity in hell, well, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not making a robot out of you. It all depends on yourself. If you're going to take up the cross, deny yourself, consistently take up the cross and follow the Lord on a consistent basis every day. I've seen people going to universities that are far more diligent. They study and study and practice and practice and than they ever do the Lord. And the Lord is the only thing that matters. If you had a bachelor degree and all these other different degrees from uh, universities, it doesn't mean a thing at the judgment bar. God, God only wants to know, do you regard all sin uh, of uh, equal magnitude, do you? Well, then uh, you will not disobey God because disobedience, again, is the same as witchcraft. But there are degrees of guilt in uh, the estimation of God. Do you think you can sin occasionally? Well, the Bible says you can't. And get to heaven. You may think that uh, some sins are uh, trifling. However trifling this or that wrong act may seem in the eyes of man no sin is small in the sight of God man's judgment is partial um, imperfect but God estimates all things as they really are so you have to read the Bible to see if I'm telling you the truth so I'm going to um, now back to the book of Proverbs Whoso loves these instructions, his word, I'm talking about from his word. Okay, so whoso loveth uh, instruction, loveth knowledge. Do you like instruction to know how to get to heaven? You know, it really is a, a horrible thing to start on a journey and don't know how to get where you're going. But most people have not even started on the journey to heaven yet, nor have they studied of how to get there. And it's really, as I said before, whether you like it or not, you're going to stand before God, your soul, your spirit, you, the real you, not the carrying case that you're walking around in right now. But he that hates reproof of the word of God is brutish because the 
for truth of the word of God is the way of life. Verse 2, a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. Why wouldn't you like to have favor of the Lord? I mean, I don't care to have favor of any man or woman or child. Yes, I want my children to love me, and I, you know, I don't mind it if people... But I'm not in any popularity contest. I'm not political at all. Politicians want people to like them. That's why they lie to you. But a good man obtains favor of the Lord. But most people don't uh, seek that. Uh, you know, I'm doing a new recording now of uh, How Great Thou Art. And at the beginning of it, there's a big crowd, and they're all talking about this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And they never are inquiring to uh, obtain favor of God. And then I start out with the Prague Symphony Orchestra. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thou hast made. Well, are you considering this? Are you considering the magnitude of the power of God who created the very earth that you're on and created the very air that you're breathing and created the nose that can only hold one breath, and that's all there is between you and God is one breath. One breath. The Lord says, don't be trying to impress human beings. A good man obtains favor of the Lord. Cease ye from man in whose nose is one breath, because how light is he to be accounted of? He only has one breath. But the Lord has immortal life. <laughs> and you're not seeking for uh, an eternity of breath, of spirit, of so, of your, uh, your being, and staying out of the lake of fire. But a man of wicked devices will he condemn. God condemns people. Verse 3. A man shall not be established by wickedness. And look at all the wickedness in the world. You know they're going to hell unless they repent. That's why I'm preaching the gospel. Not to make fun of you because it isn't funny where you're going if you don't repent. But to save your soul. But the root of the righteous shall not be moved. That's why, uh, you know, some of the federal agents came into my cell in prison when I was there for false charges. And I thought they were going to, you know, really do something bad to me in there. But they were smiling. They were really tall guys. They looked like they were about seven feet tall. And they were smiling at me. And they said, what's, hey, I'm only five foot ten, nine and a half or ten. And they says, uh, I said, what's so funny? They said, we just want to shake your hand. We love your tenacity. Nothing shakes you, does it? And I said, the Lord does, and that's it, okay? And I says, can I go back to my cell? They took me to a special cell to, to meet him. Verse 4, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. 
I mean, today men's wives are flirting with other men and they don't realize that, that there's no possible way that they can enter into the kingdom of heaven by doing that. Uh, just like a drunkard is despised and is um, told that uh, his sin will send his soul to hell, will exclude him from heaven. So the carnal people say, well, it's a disease. Drunkenness is a disease. God would never send anyone's soul to hell for a disease. It's sin is what it is. Drunkards, whether on narcotics or drugs or booze or whether you sniff glue, gas, whether you chew morning glory seeds or smoke dried bananas or whatever you're into, sniffing glue. Um, if you're drunk, you're drunk. You're drunk. And no drunkard shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So the Bible tells you that this um, a drunkard is this and is told that his sin will exclude him from heaven while pride here's another one that'll get you there this is some of the things the lord hates pride selfishness and covetousness these are <laughs> these will get your soul into hell these are big sins pride being selfish and covetous Lying. Also, often go unrebuked. Hardly anybody rebukes anybody for being full of pride and being selfish and covetous. They, nobody rebukes people for that, but they'll get you sold to hell. These are sins that are especially offensive to God for they are uh, contrary to the very nature of God. They're totally contrary to his benevolence, totally contrary to his character, to that unselfish love which gave his life on the cross. So that you selfish and unbenevolent people and covetous people and liars can repent and go to heaven. To that unselfish love, which is the very atmosphere of uh, heaven. Well, one-third of the angels fell from heaven, so it's not what you call an unfallen universe because one-third of them fell. And that's why God is going to burn this earth up in the heaven that now exists. He's going to burn it, purge it, cleanse it, and then only those that love righteousness, that love to keep all the commandments of God, will be able to stay there. The actual foundation of the kingdom of heaven 
or some people call it the unfallen universe, but it's not. It fell. There's sin there. Otherwise, it wouldn't. It was there. Otherwise, it, heaven and earth would not have to be burned up. The persons that fall into some of the greater, more grosser sins may feel a sense of his shame in their their shame and their poverty and their need of the power of Christ. But pride feels no need to repent. So it chooses um, to close the door on their salvation. They close the door of their heart. They close it. And who do they close it against? They close it against Christ. And the infinite blessing that he came in this world to give them. The poor publican who prayed, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's in Luke eighteen thirteen. Regarded himself as a very wicked man and others looked upon him in the same light but he felt his need uh, of the savior and of repentance and with his uh, burden of guilt and shame he came before god asking for his mercy his heart was open for the spirit of god to do his powerful and gracious work in him and set him free from the power of sin. The Pharisees, on the other hand, boasted uh, uh, themselves as being self-righteous. Prayer showed that um, his heart was closed against the influence of the Holy Spirit. And it was closed to any conviction of sin because of his distance from God. He had no sense of his own defilement in contrast with the perfection of the divine holiness. He felt no need and he received nothing from God. If you see your sinfulness, don't wait at all to make yourself better. There's so many in this world uh, that are who think they are not good enough to come to Christ. Do you expect to become better through your own efforts? There isn't anything you can do to to clean up your act. There isn't anything that you can do to take away your sins except come unto the Lord. Can an Ethiopian by himself change the color of his skin? The Bible says, quote, Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or the leopard change his spots? Then may you also do good, can you? that see, uh, that are um, accustomed to do evil. Can you stop from being evil by yourself?
no more than an Ethiopian can change the color of his skin or a leopard its spots. Jeremiah thirteen twenty three. There is help for us only in the Lord Jesus Christ, only in the Almighty God. We must not wait for a stronger persuasion for us to hear uh, for a better opportunity or for better uh, tempers. We can do nothing of ourselves to bring about our salvation. We must come to the Lord Jesus Christ just as we are, like the song says, just as I am. But let none deceive themselves with the thought that God, in his great love and mercy, will yet save even the reject, the rejectors of God's power, or if those that reject his salvation. The exceeding sinfulness of sin can only be estimated only in the life of the cross. We have to pick up the cross and follow the Lord, deny ourselves. Uh, if you're not picking up the cross, the estimation, uh, you don't deserve life, the life of God. Our life becomes God's life when we take up the cross and follow him. Uh, we only have eternal life when we come to the cross and we die out to our old life, our old way of living, and we deny ourselves the old way of living and take up the cross and follow Jesus. When a lot of phony Christians urge you to believe that God is too good to cast off the sinner, cast him into hell, let them look at Calvary. It is because there is no other way in which men could be saved, because without this sacrifice, it was impossible for the human race to escape from the defiling power of sin and Satan and to be restored to communion with God through Christ, with the Holy Father and other holy beings, impossible for them again to become partakers, partakers of eternal life and spiritual life here on earth and throughout eternity. It was because of this that Christ took up himself the guilt of the entire disobedient human race and suffered in the sinner's stead. This love and suffering and death of the Son of God all testify to the terrible enormity of sin and uh, declare that there is no escape from its power, no hope of uh, the higher life, 
than through the submission of the soul to Jesus our Lord in Christ. This impenitent, uh, sometimes excuse themselves by saying of uh, professed Christians, um, I'm as good as they are. They are no better than me. They are no more self-denying, no more sober, no more uh, circumspect in their conduct than I am. They love pleasure and self-indulgence as well as I do. This they make the uh, faults of others an excuse for their own neglect of uh, repentance or duty to Christ. Just because somebody else is imperfect, I know lots of people that profess to be Christians, and they're not. That's true, they are that way, but don't think you're going to escape hell if you do the same things they do. Well, I see my time is up so far as a message, but we have some uh, letters and we have to finish off with uh, Mr. John Peelers, uh, who was a former FBI, uh, all these different uh, government agents who was uh, told by President Clinton to assassinate me. And so go ahead and read it, Sharon. There, this is an article from the Democrat Gazette, Thursday, May 27, 1993. Judge rules ATF entrapped security guard on gun charge. A federal judge has acquitted a former private security guard in a gun case, ruling the man was entrapped by a paid informant of the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Thomas E. Peterson, 35, of Little Rock, was found innocent last Thursday by U.S. District Judge G. Thomas Easley during a trial in which the judge ruled that a paid informant for the ATF caused Peterson to make a firearm by encouraging him. The weapon, described as a pen gun, was concealed in a small flashlight and sold to the informant for $50. Peterson was charged by a federal grand jury in December in a two-count indictment that alleged that on September 17, 1992, he possessed an illegal 22 caliber pen gun that was not registered. Peterson was charged after an undercover agent identified as John Gary Peeler of North... John uh, Peeler was the one that uh, was instructed by President Clinton to uh, murder me. Then what? Identified as John Gary Peeler of North Little Rock, met with Peterson and arranged to purchase the gun with money supplied by the federal government. So that was uh, part of his job was to set people up. He was uh, sent to do that and he found when he investigated me, that I was squeaky clean, that I was for real. I'm the real deal, okay? Is that it? Um, the article, yes. Okay, now we have another thing about John Peter to do tomorrow, right? Yes. All right, well, it's time for us to pray. Now, uh, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the rest of us people, these human beings? No, God made us in his likeness and image, and he wants to live in us. Because he looks like us and we look like him. And he wants to live in us to continue his work. This is called the continuation of the Lord's incarnation in human flesh. And this is the mystery of holiness is that he does his work in human flesh. 
So that's the mystery of holiness. So you can be holy, you can do it all. Just start out by saying this prayer. The Lord will definitely right now, this very minute, save your soul. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you'll do the same for me if, I, if you're living in me and I'm living in you. I open the door of my heart and I want you to live in me. Oh, Lord, enter into me so that I can have peace and salvation wisdom and knowledge and understanding wash all the former filthy sins that i committed away in the precious blood that you shed on the cross for me jesus you will not turn me away lord jesus you will save my soul i know because your word says so your word says that all who call upon your name shall be saved therefore i am calling upon you lord therefore i know that you have heard me and i know that you have answered me and i know that i'm saved and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 789. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another program of power in you. And uh, I just recently recorded this with the Prague Symphony Orchestra and the Life Choir arranged and conducted by H.B. Barnum. And it's called In the Sweet, and you know heaven is the sweet by and by, and this song is called In the Sweet by and by. Praise the Lord, I'm going to heaven, how about you? Hope so. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it apart For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. To our bountiful Father above, we shall offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift. Blessings that hallow our days In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that